Welcome to the Vineyard Church of Greater Portland podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Mario Mastin. For more podcasts and other resources, please visit www.vineyardportland.org. Am I on? Am I good? Yeah, now I am. Okay. Beautiful day yesterday. Cool. Had a busy day, but the second part of the afternoon, I went up to Freeport. They have this great fall, Freeport, Freeport Fall Festival going on. If you've got a little bit of time uh, this afternoon, you're not doing anything, check it out. It's really amazing. We're going to go back up there because she didn't get to go with me yesterday. So we're going to do that. Really lovely day, though, yesterday. Up there. They've got all these stores. just so much going on up there. It was great. Made a trip to L.L. Dean, got a little top. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't do this to me today, please. Okay, I'm going to go with it right now, but if uh, let me take that just in case. I'm hedging my bets here. <laughs> All right. Are we good? Okay. Hey, you know, back in the day, and this would be, back in the day would be between the Jurassic Age, between 1970 and 1971, <laughs> um, that kind of year, uh, two significant things happened in my life. The first was the Beatles broke up. And if you don't know who the Beatles were, you're 30 or under, okay? But everybody else does. So the Beatles broke up, and I was kind of crushed, uh, especially when Paul McCartney, who was kind of my favorite Beatle, announced it. Um, actually, he wasn't the first one. I'm going to blame John Lennon because he told them back in 1969 he was going to get done. But that was the first thing. The second thing, and much more consequential for me, was I got baptized. And um, this was in 1971. I was 17 then. Do the math. You can figure out how old I am now. And right before I got baptized, the guy that was baptizing me, and they did this in the church I was in at the time. It was really cool. He said, uh, Mario, I'm going to give you these verses as a promise from God and as wisdom for your life. And the verses that he quoted, the first verses really I ever kind of seriously learned and got down. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Can we stick that up there? Do we have it? Yeah. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Because he is a way maker, right? Notice that. That was good. So this was the, these were the verses that were given to me literally right before I was baptized as a promise over my life and as an instruction and wisdom. I just want to say this about these verses. There really is like a two-part instruction in this verse and a singular promise. And the first part of the instruction is something we have to do or something we should do. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And the second part of the instruction is something we shouldn't do. Lean not on your own understanding. So trust in the Lord with all your heart and then don't lean on your own understanding and then here comes the singular promise from God. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. 
in our life together as a couple, God has been faithful to that promise. When Ruth and I have trusted him. She's always been better at that than me. But when we've done that, God has been faithful to that promise. He's made our paths straight. Now, as Chad was saying earlier, you know, sometimes our perception and God's is very different. So our perception of what straight looks like and God's perception of what straight looks like may be very different. But he's been faithful to that promise in our lives. And what I want to do this morning, rather than preach, what I want to do is I want to share with you just briefly, and I promise it's not going to be that long, a part of our personal story, our testimony, and God's faithfulness to us in a particular season of our life, and it's been a fairly long season. In order to do that, I've got to go back a little bit, so hang in there with me. In 1994, we were living in the UK, we were living in England, and we were living in actually the oldest recorded town in Britain. It's called Colchester, and it's, in, it's an old Roman town. It was a pre-Roman town, and it's located in the county of Essex. And uh, we were living there, both working. We had four kids uh, at that time. And um, in 1994, uh, Edward and Gloria, Ruth's folks, came over to visit for a vacation. They said, hey, we'd like to. They came over in 92, and they wanted to come over again for a vacation. So uh, we said, sure, come on over. And uh, they arrived, and like a day or two after they arrived, Ed, Edward, my father-in-law, who's now with Jesus, in his inimitable way, came up to me, and he had this little bit of paper in his hand, and he, gave, he kind of thrust it into my hand and said, I think you might be interested in this. So I took it. I had a look at it. And um, basically... It was like a pretty low-grade church bulletin um, in black and white with a series of excerpts of articles from well-known Christian writers. And most of them I recognized right off. I read the thing through. There was a little bit of other stuff in there. And I thought, well, yeah, that's fine. I, I don't know why he would think I'd be so interested in this. But I read it and I said, yeah, that's fine. And then after that, he came up to me and said, you know, I don't know where this comes from, but I would like to go visit that place. Now, somebody had put this in his hand two days before they left the States to come visit us, a friend of his. So uh, I thought, okay, I'll, I'll try and find out what this is. The, the heading on the brochure was Searchlight. And I thought, Searchlight, that sounds like it could be like a Christian bookstore or maybe there were bookstores back then. Um, or maybe a resource center, or I don't know what. And then the other thing I thought when he first said to me, I, you know, I'd like to check this place out if I can, I thought, Ed, this could be anywhere in England. In fact, it could be anywhere in Britain. So I looked at it, and lo and behold, right on the bottom of the back page was this little, in fine, tiny, print, tiny print, was this little address, and it said Brightlingsea. And Brightling Sea is a town that's 24 miles and less than 30 minutes from where we were living. And I thought, that's weird. <laughs> um, so there was a little bit of information on there. This was back pre-Google, pre-cell phone, if you can remember that far back, uh, then you're old. And I, I, uh, 
I made a phone call, and one thing led to another, and I discovered this was a church, uh, and that they uh, were, I said, look, I've got my in-laws here from the States. They, for some reason, they want to come down and meet you guys, and I said, uh, are you up for that? And they said, yeah, come on down. They were really gracious, and they said, not only come down, come down and have a meal with us. And then after the meal, we have a small group, you know, of, of people hanging out, and you can come and, and spend the evening with us. So we went down, we had the meal. Uh, they were really very kind, very gracious. We'd never clapped eyes on these people before, and in fact, we'd never seen them again, okay? Um, but, uh, so we went down, we had the meal. When it was over, we ate dinner, and then we started kind of filtering into the small group, which was in the living room in this fairly large house. And we kind of had been hanging around talking to people, and we, we got in there, and most of the seats, there were about 25 seats in a circle in the room, and most of the seats were full, so we couldn't, this seems to happen in our lives, I don't know why, we couldn't sit together. <laughs> and so we were like five or six seats from one another, and okay. We sat down, and there was a guy there with a guitar, and he started leading worship, and we got into it, and um, about 15 minutes into the worship, this guy suddenly stopped what he was doing, and he said, hey guys, I don't know who this is for, but I have a word. That, that terminology even was not part of my lexicon then. The church I went to didn't have words. <laughs> so uh, this guy said, I think I have a word for somebody here tonight. I don't know who this is for, and this is simply it. The Lord wants to say he's going to restore the years the locusts have eaten. Now, if you know your scripture, you'll know that comes from Joel, the prophet in the Old Testament. And the moment he said those words, we're like five or six seats from one another. We both kind of audibly responded to that, like with a gasp. We both broke and we both started sobbing. Because, and even now, it's difficult to talk about that without keeping the emotion in check. Because we knew that God was sovereignly breaking in upon our lives, kind of in a way we'd never experienced before. I can only describe it this way. It felt to me like being pierced through the heart with the love and mercy of God. That's the only way I can describe it. There's so much more to that, but I'll just leave it at that for right now. It felt like the mercy and love of God piercing our hearts, and we couldn't but respond to it in the way that we did. The worship then resumed, and there was a guy there that night in the group who we had met over dinner who was from the States. He was an older guy. When I say older guy, he was about my age now. <laughs> but to me then, he was like an older guy. And um, a nice guy, and we had discovered this over dinner, with Ed and Gloria there, th and get this, that he <laughs> was a good friend of Edward's longtime kind of mentor and possibly his closest friend. And I thought, this is all kind of a little bit, when I discovered that over dinner, I thought, this is all getting a little bit kind of weird here. This could have been anywhere in the country, and it was less than half an hour from where we lived. Here's this guy from the States who happens to be a good friend of Edward's mentor and best friend. 
so we're in worship, and all of a sudden, this older guy takes the scripture, and he reads this passage of scripture. And I want you to see it on the screen, and this is what it says. It's the words of Jesus to the church in Asia Minor, Philadelphia, and these are the words that he speaks. And you'll see it's prefaced with, to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write. And this is what he read. These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. And after reading that passage, we worshipped a bit more, about five minutes or so went by. He got up from the other side of the room, and he walked over to me, and he kind of leaned down and whispered in my ear, Mario, there is an open door. Then he turned around, went back to his seat, and sat down. And that simple word, together with what God had spoken to us just a few minutes before, a word of restoration in our lives, so impacted us. And there's so much more I could say, but I'm not going to for the sake of time, that within two months, we had both resigned our jobs. We had sold our house. The second person that came to see it bought it. We pulled our kids out of school. We had four young children then. And we moved to Maine. No, none at all. Why do you think I'm dressed like this now? I've embraced it. You're my people now. So, <clears throat> so uh, we arrived in Maine. And honestly, when we arrived in Maine, we had nothing but that promise, I have placed before you an open door. But really with no, no uh, sense of really what that meant. That's the truth. In fact, initially, relying on my own understanding rather than trusting the Lord, I thought, well, we're here. Maybe, maybe it means I'm supposed to go back to Northeastern University. I'd done a master's degree there in the late 80s, and I thought, maybe I'm supposed to go back down to Boston go to Northeastern and do a PhD program. And um, so I, I called one of my old professors down there and I talked to him about the program and then one day I drove down and we had a couple of hours together and it all sounded like, hey, yeah, this could be really, this could really be it. Uh, so I thought. And God had other ideas. So about a week and a half after we arrived, we found ourselves having dinner with Phil and Jan Strout, who planted this church. They're now the national directors of the vineyard. We were with them this week. And uh, they were renting a house over on Ocean Avenue in Portland. And um, Ed and Gloria had been coming to the, to the young vineyard church at that time. And they called Jan and Phil and said, they're here. And we get this invitation. So we come over and we have this fantastic uh, evening with Jan and Phil. And let me just, for a moment, a little parenthesis here, give you a little insight into um, 
the way in which God does cool things that make our paths straight. We had actually known Jan and Phil and known of them 14 years before in another context, in a Bible college in Western Massachusetts where I was the director of admissions. Phil and Jan were students going through a biblical studies program. And Ruth and Jan actually landed up rehearsing for a little while to be in a group together. That never happened in the end because we left there uh, and moved back to the UK. But so 14 years before, we had been in this uh, same context together. And here's another thing. We discovered that night when we were having this meal with them, this is 1994 now, that Jan and Phil, Ruth and I, had actually stayed in the same house with the same Christian family on the island of Jersey off the coast of France two days apart from one another in 1978, the year we were married. Which was like, you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> so anyway, I just thought I'd throw that in there. Uh, and um, to get back to the main thread of the story here so I don't lose it. After that uh, meal with uh, Phil and Jan, who were at that point uh, planting the Vineyard Church with Jeff and Robin, uh, Jim and Laurie, uh, I don't know who else was here then, but there was a small group of them, and they were planting the Vineyard Church. We started to attend, and the Vineyard was meeting at the elementary school over in Riverside at that time. And... Um <coughs> That was kind of September, early September 1994, and in early 1995, um, Phil and Jan asked us to come on and be the associate pastoral couple, work under them, work alongside them, and we said yes. And we spent the next six years in that role, working with Jan and Phil, um, and they were the lead pastoral couple, we were the associate couple. Um, and we did that up until uh, Phil and Jan uh, made a decision to uh, step away from the pastorate in the vineyard uh, here in Portland and take on the principal role and leadership of the Vineyard Missions Task Force, which they then did for the next three and a half years before they came back into pastoral ministry up in Lewiston. And they did that for eight years before they became national directors. But when they stepped away from here uh, at that time, he encouraged us uh, to take the lead pastoral role. The leadership team at the time uh, encouraged us and offered that to us, and um, we made the decision to do that. But in the first case, we just said, you know what, we'll, uh, having seen Phil operate for six years and having been up close and personal and realizing what it took to pastor a church, I said, look, We'll step in immediately, but can we have a couple of months just to pray this thing through and make sure that we really hear from God and that we're not just stepping in because we're warm bodies and they've gone. But we really want to know this is what God wants us to do. And the, the leaders at the time were very gracious and said, yeah, take that time, pray. You need to hear from God. So one night, we're in here having a night of worship like the Alive Night we've got upcoming. And right over about there... There was a young woman, well, younger than she is now, called Mary Ellen Sawyer, who is actually Janet Strout's sister. 
And during the evening, latter part of the evening uh, of, of worship and prayer, she got up, grabbed the microphone, and she said, I really feel like God wants me to read this passage of Scripture. Now, at this time, we had been praying earnestly about, like, Lord, we need, we need you to speak to us. And to be honest with you, I, I didn't really feel I was hearing anything. And time was marching on, and I thought, the leaders are going to say, come on, you've already had, you know, like, the best part of two months. And she got up, and she read Revelation chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. The same passage that had been read to us in that powerful small group in Brightling Sea in Essex six and a half years before that prompted us to leave England and move to Maine knowing only that there was an open door but not really realizing what that was. And immediately when Mary Ellen read that, it just, there was something in my spirit that just said, yes, yes, this is a word from the Lord to you now about what you're praying about, about the decision before you. And God was saying there's an open door. We knew it was a word from the Lord. We just knew. You, you know deep in your spirit that even defies the cognitive reality when God is really boring in and touching you deep and profoundly in your spirit. And we knew that he was saying, this is the time to step into that lead role. And doing good so far. That was 19 years ago. So uh, at the beginning of next year, we will have been in pastoral ministry in this church a combined total of 25 years. Six years serving under Jan and Phil as the associate pastoral couple and 19 years as the lead pastors of this church. And if I can, just for a moment, and it'll only be for a moment, rewind oh, two years to the summer of 2017, Ruth and I were walking on the beach at Pine Point. Now, I've got to say, uh, this is one of our favorite things to do in the summertime, actually even late spring, early fall, to go to Pine Point. It's only about 15 minutes drive from where we live in Gorham. Get out on the beach, preferably when there's no one around, like a quiet afternoon, and just walk from Pine Point to Old Orchard Beach and back. It's about five miles. And we love to do that, and, I, and, and this is the truth some of the most important decisions we have made in the last 20 years about our life have been made walking on that beach. I don't know why, but for some reason it seems to happen there. Um, so it's the summer of 2017. We have been uh, praying about the future. And as some friends here know, I had been meeting for about a year with four, three other vineyard pastors, two from New Hampshire, and one from Maine, and we had met expressly for the purpose of helping one another understand how best to transition our churches to the next generation of leadership. So here we are on the beach, and that day as we were talking, we really felt um, that the God who had once said to us, I'm opening a door that no one could shut, was saying, I'm beginning to shut a door that no one can open. 
And we decided right there and then, actually, on the beach, that in 2020, we would step away from the pastorate of the Portland Vineyard. And that's what we're going to do on the first Sunday of, of the new year. So that'll be January the 5th. We're going to step away from the pastorate of this church. I want to tell you this. My treasured friend and mentor for over 12 years, Bob Frederick, who a number of you know, um, he was a guy, for those of you that don't, that was just a patriarch of the faith in New England, in my view, and he spent 50 years in pastoral ministry. And to me, he was the most complete pastor I think I've ever met. And he taught me so much. But he said one thing to me one day when we were meeting in my office. He said, Mario, other than he used to say the opening line all the time, you've heard this from Phil, he would say, and he had this deep, rich voice that would make you like quake when he said it. He said, how is your soul? That was always the opening gambit. I always try to kind of hedge it around and start talking about ministry and things we were doing. And he would always, always say, no, Mario, how is your soul? Where is your interior life with God? Don't give me all this stuff about budgets and outreach and how many people you've got running at the church. I'm not really interested now. I want to know how you are doing with Jesus. But on this particular, and he said that this same day too, but later in the conversation, he said this to me. We were talking about pastoral ministry, and he started bringing up the whole process of pastoral transition, and he said this to me. Mario, when it's time to leave, leave. When it's time to leave, leave. And this is that time for us. It's time for us to leave. As I said, 2020 will mark 25 years in pastoral ministry here at the church. And I have to say, say to you guys, we know in our Noah right now, and we're confident that the same Jesus who said there's an open door, back in that summer of 1994, in that living room in Brighton Sea in England, the same Jesus who said to us through that scripture that Mary Ellen read in early 2001 in the wintertime, when we were praying about that decision, is the same Jesus who is now saying, I'm closing that door. As he said himself, what he shuts, no one can open. So that door will finally shut for us on that first Sunday in the new year. And I want to say that this, it will shut for us. It will shut for us. on a church that we deeply love. We have been blessed and privileged to pastor this church for more than half of our 41 years married together. And I know when we leave on that day, and you can already see it now, I'm a mess now. I know when we leave on that day, we will leave with um, deep emotion. We'll leave with cherished memories. Some of those Jeff was bringing back to my mind the other night when we met as a leadership team. 
just cherished memories, times of fun, times of relationship, times of just doing life together. So I know we'll leave with deep emotion, with cherished memories, with profound thanks to God and to all of you. But, you know, with great excitement and expectation about the, uh, the new season coming in our lives and um, the new door God's going to open for us. Many things have happened in our lives after the, uh, over the last two years since we made that decision at Pine Point in the summer of 2017. Some of those things have been, um, <clears throat> have been marked by deep sadness and loss in our lives. But some of them have been filled with just great wonder and joy. And that's how it is in life and in the journey. But I can say this to you honestly, guys. Whether it's been a question of deep sadness and loss, or whether it's been a question of wonder and joy, all of those things have only served to confirm that this is the right time for us to step away uh, from the role that we've had here at the Vineyard. And we are ready, and we're excited. We really are. Um, but I want to say this to you, too. We're not just excited about us. We are excited about and for this church. This church is going to enter a new year. It's going to enter a new decade. It's going to enter a new season in God's plan and purpose. And it's going to enter that new season in God's plan and purpose under new leadership with fresh energy, with fresh vision, with fresh focus, but with the same commitment to be a people for Jesus Christ, for his kingdom and for the world. And in the light of that, I am stoked. I'm so glad to be able to share uh, with you this morning on behalf of Ruth and I, on behalf of the entire unified leadership team, that Chad and Shanna will be stepping in as a new pastor to the Portland Bay. God's hand is and has been on their lives. I know that. You've seen it. They've recognized it and embraced it. We know that God has prepared them and he is preparing them for this new assignment that they're going to take on. And that God will be faithful to them as they take up and lead this church into the future just as he has been faithful to Ruth and I in the past. Because that's who he is. We have great confidence in the call that they've received from God. We have great confidence in their love for Jesus and their love for this church. And we're so glad that you guys are going to shepherd it into all that God has in the years to come. So for us, today's, notwithstanding my blubbing here, uh, today is not a farewell. Uh, we're still going to be around for the next three months until the beginning of the new year. This is simply a time when I wanted to be able to say 
here is a testimony in our lives, in one season of our lives. Yes, it's been a 25-year season, but a season of God's faithfulness to us, his faithfulness to this church, and his promise of faithfulness for the future, not only for us, for Chad and Channa, but for this testimony of Jesus Christ in the earth called the Portland Vineyard. So during the next three months, we'll continue to lead uh, the church. Uh, we'll try to do it with the same purpose and passion that we've tried to do it for the last 25 years. We'll be working closely. I already do, obviously, with Chad, but we'll be working closely with Chad and Shanna to transition so that they're ready to step into the lead role the moment we step away. And finally, I just want to close with this. I, I just want to say to you guys again that we love you. We really do. We love you deeply. And um, <clears throat> we love those, too, that are not here now, but that have been a part of this church over the last 25 years. Um, names and faces have been coming to mind. Some of them live uh, still in this state. Some of them live in other parts of the country. Um, and some of them live in other countries across the globe. Um, but we are just so thankful uh, for the people that God has brought into our lives uh, over this journey. Um, it's been a joy, it's been a privilege um, to share the journey with you. And to be honest, it's been quite a journey. <laughs> um, I'll end with this. I said this to Chad the other day when we were talking, that all leadership is a temporary trust. All leadership is a temporary trust because the church belongs to Jesus and he raises up new leadership in every generation and that's the way that it should be. That's the way that has always been in the plan of God and I believe that will be the way it will be until Jesus comes again. And that's a good thing. That's a healthy thing. That's the thing to celebrate and to embrace We're blessed and we're thankful, Ruth and I, to have been trusted with the leadership of this church for the season God's given us. We're thankful to you. We're thankful for the great friends that have led this church together with us. <clears throat> Without their love and support, we could not have done it. And we're thankful, most of all, of course, to Jesus for keeping us in the journey, and for making our paths straight. So, over the next three months, we're looking just to celebrate with you all that God is going to do in this church between now and the new year. Um, and then, when the time comes, we'll hand over to this great couple to take this church with your love and support, which they will need every bit as much as we did uh, into the future and all that God has for the greater Portland Vineyard. Okay, so let's stand. Uh, I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up. We're going to finish uh, with a worship uh, song this morning. I'm not going to ask the ministry team to come up today. Um, we're just going to finish with a worship song and, um, and then I'll close this out uh, with a word of prayer, okay? Thank you, guys.